Welcome to Manager Tools. Rolling out one-on-ones, the briefing. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How do I tell my team I'm going to start one-on-ones? How should I brief my team on one-on-ones? What questions am I likely to get about one-on-ones? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. The most successful managers we know do two things right. We have a new product to help you do those two things and be a successful manager. First, they know their people because they have regular one-on-ones. Secondly, they give frequent performance communication, that is, feedback. It's easy to start well and then let things slide. We know because we've done it too. That's why we created Roadmap, an app for your smartphone which will remind you what to do and when. And because it's an app, we stuffed in all the podcasts you need to make sure you're doing things right. Roadmap doesn't just teach you how to be a better manager. It puts us in your pocket every step of the way. Look for more information on Roadmap on the Manager Tools website coming in October. It's amazing to me, Wendy, how many times I hear about managers. They start something new, like one-on-ones, for example, and then just like, they just start it. They don't tell their team. They don't have any conversations. And people are left wondering what's coming. And always negative, right? Because if you don't know what's coming and you don't understand it and it's just been sprung upon you, there's always anxiety about it. You never think, oh, this is going to be a good thing. You think so? Really? I, yeah. I, mean, I think in, in my entire 30-something year management career, I think every time I've done something new and I haven't told people, they've assumed it's good, that's positive, that it's going to be fun, that's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just... Must just be me. That's just kind of the manager I am. No, of, course, <laughs> of course of course, not. They, they absolutely think the worst. So, yeah. So, we're going we're gonna to talk about how to introduce uh, one-on-ones, how to, how to brief it, and, uh, and then at the end, we'll talk about some uh, questions you're likely to get during that that meeting that we're going to suggest. Okay. And our outline's pretty simple, although long, but <laughs> simple. Um, one will talk about never introduce a change without first introducing that change. And longtime listeners will have heard this before, but we'll cover it just you know for those folks who haven't heard it yet. Point two, use an existing standing meeting. Don't create a new one. Provide collateral in advance. We're going to tell them why. We're going to tell them what. We're going to tell them how. And then again, like I said, we're going to talk about some frequently asked questions uh, at the end. Yeah, long titles, but pretty simple to understand, hopefully. I think so. Okay, so let's get on with the first one. Never introduce a change without first introducing that change, right? In our cast, Brief Before You Change, that's the name of the cast, folks. Go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com. And you can search for Brief Before You Change, uh, and you'll hear all about this. But in that cast we share the principles of effective managers, which is never introduce a managerial change without first introducing that change, right? So it's, it's kind of a, like a mind twister, a little bit, right? So before you change something, particularly around how you're gonna manage your team, first tell your folks about it, introduce that change to your directs. And this is terribly important because of our role power, right? When managers introduce change, there's always, like we talked about earlier, there's always skepticism about that and our intent. And folks, it's not you, it's not me, it's not you, Wendy. That's not not the issue. It's the role power you have, right? Mark always talks about the, you know, you control their addiction to food, shelter, and clothing, right? Which tends to get people a little excited, (laughs) right? So your role power and the uncertainty of change from your direct point of view. And it's amazing how much people are all the same, right? Because 
it doesn't matter who the manager is, their directs always have the same reaction, which is, what is this? And why are you doing it? And what's in it for me? That's right. If you apply the managed tools middleman test, it's easy to see, you know, just put yourself in this position. What if your boss started managing you dif differently, right? She hadn't explained why. She hadn't shared whether it was with everyone. Maybe it's just you, right? That, which always makes you feel special, right? Even seasoned managers would have questions about why their director was doing that. Maybe you wouldn't fear the change, right? Maybe, you know, but you'd, you'd wonder, right? You'd wonder about what you're doing. Why is my boss treating me this way? That wondering would compete for your mental computing power. Um, and if you're like me, it's, 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 it's very limited. So, I, <laughs> so I'm just going to assume people are like me and try not to uh, send them off thinking about things, uh, using cycles for something that's not important. And when people wonder and they're not sure, it reduces their openness to change, right? And it retards their learning. It makes the, the whole process slower. Right. And that's especially true of one-on-ones, right? Because one-on-ones is a fundamental shift away from role power, away from kind of organization power and towards relationship power, towards having a relationship with someone and ha um, them wanting to do things for you or wanting to work with you. If you start that process with more uncertainty or more stress than you need to it it's just silly right because the whole purpose of one-on-ones is to get to know people is to have a relationship with them and so if you're giving them stress they're not open to that relationship they're busy thinking what why why what is this and they're putting a wall up and you're just defeating the first 12 weeks or something of one-on-ones because they're going through those 12 weeks thinking what is this rather than thinking, I know what this is, and I know what the object of it is, and I know what's going to happen, and I know it's everybody else, so I can relax and start to build the relationship. Yeah, tr trying to build trust by allowing your directs to believe that you're withholding information or being intentionally obs obscure about what your motives are just makes it a lot harder. And, and folks, if you don't share the information, that is, that is what they are going to believe. So... We start with the principle that we never introduce a managerial change without first introducing that change. And the next question is, okay, so how do we do it? So first of all, you're gonna have a meeting, okay? But don't, don't go crazy. You don't have to create a separate meeting. Use an existing standing meeting. And in most cases, that would be your team meeting. I mean, folks, have you ever noticed that with really big corporate changes, there's some special meeting, right? The briefing is special. There are town halls that are mandatory. There are videos. There are a bunch of collateral materials. There are signs. There's regular reports. There's reminders about, hey, the meeting's coming up in three days. It's like there's a little you know, countdown clock on, their, on the corporate website. But when there are smaller changes, those changes are briefed as part of an agenda with the other items at a regular staff meeting. And you might be surprised a little bit, but we recommend the same commensurate levels of force for briefing one-on-ones. A small change, right? These will be likely the biggest change you ever make as a manager, but you're still just a manager. The special briefings are left for special corporate level initiatives. As well, if you do it as part of your regular staff meeting, for folks, for, for now, I'm, I'm recommending you do that because you do, in fact, have regular weekly staff meetings with your you folks, right? Of course you do. If you do it as part of that meeting, your team is going to be less suspicious, right? The role power resistance response to a, uh, a standard meeting is fairly low. Mm -hmm. So now, like I said, if you don't normally do weekly staff meetings, 
then of course, call a special meeting because you don't normally have meetings. You have to, but keep it short and learn the lesson now. Like I said earlier, you need a weekly staff meeting. It's one of the only two standing meetings effective managers routinely have, right? And as you might suspect, we have a cast for that and appropriately entitled How to Run a Staff Meeting. (laughs) If you think about having a staff meeting and just having it as an agenda item in the staff meeting, it's kind of like this is going to be part of our regular, normal working process. It really diminishes it from something special that we're all going to worry about to something that's just part of the way we work. That's right. I think the other similar thought goes through my head is that um, usually on these big announcements, like big corporate initiatives, uh, like I'm thinking folks years ago, most of you probably (laughs) think of this as something uh, about history, but like total quality management, right? Mm -hmm. And you have these big meetings and generally what's going through my head at at the time was, yeah, this this is not going to last. And generally speaking, I was I was I was right. So, like you said, rolling out as part of your regular staff meeting makes suggests that it's going to be something that we just do as a matter of course. No big deal. We're going to explain it. We're going to do it. And uh, I'm going to stop because I think you said it better than I'm trying to. <laughs> okay, so how do we do that? Well, first of all, folks, provide collateral in advance. Have your materials in advance of the change briefing, and you will send two messages to your folks. First one is, you're going to send the message that you're prepared, right? In order to know what materials to send, you have to have thought through what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and then what materials will support that. And you want your team knowing that you've thought through the idea of one-on-ones. You don't want people to think that this is just a, something that you just uh, dreamt out over the, over the weekend, right? Yeah, I read this in a book, and now you're going to do it, whether you like it or not, right? This is not that. It's a, I've thought through this. I have thought about how it's going to affect us. I thought about how it works for our team, because otherwise I couldn't provide this collateral. That's right. It also shows that you believe that this new tool, one-on-ones, is worthy of your time, right? And the time in terms of preparation for it, and the time you spent briefing it, and is worthy of their time. So it also suggests that you intend to see the new effort through, despite potential flavor of the month stalling, which we've we've talked about just a few minutes ago. The other thing it says is that you're confident. Now, it says you're confident because if there's an unknown item on your meeting agenda, the, the immediate response is one of uncertainty and some fear, maybe not fear of you or fear of your power, but certainly fear of a new or different task or responsibilities, of course, which translates into unknown risk for your directs. If you're able to brief it, you will sound more confident because you will have prepared. And a manager who surprises her directs appears unconfident of her reasons and of the reception the idea will receive. And you don't want to start something as important as one-on-ones appearing unconfident or surprising your directs. So plenty of directs will refuse to ask questions in a session, which is a surprise. They want to think through things through and they want to ask intelligent questions and if you've prepared, you provide collateral advance, it gives them the opportunity to get used to the idea and to think through their questions. They are unlikely in a briefing that's that where they're unsure, uh, they're unlikely to do something where they look wrong-footed or suspicious. Uh, there's a, always a hesitation about asking questions in a group setting when you don't quite understand things. 
sometimes you think oh it's just me that doesn't understand it and sometimes it's I just don't want to say it out in front in front of everybody right but the more thought through something is the more confident you can feel that you have a question that hasn't been answered or that isn't one that only you're thinking of that's right you know in the confidence is two ways right you want your your directs to have confidence in you as their manager and leader and secondly if you're prepared and you've provided the collateral in advance, and we have a one-on-one briefing deck. If you're a, a licensee, you can use just just copy it and present that, and you'll be you'll be good to go. Um, don't have don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Um, but if you appear confident and they can see the process and the fact you've thought through it, they will have confidence that this thing has a chance of actually working. That that we won't be 30 days from now or 60 days from now sitting around in a meeting making fun of our boss because another one of those flavor of the month things. And if they feel confident that it's going to last and you're serious about it, they'll engage, right? If they're not confident, the chances of success will go down pretty significantly. Yeah, and the next part, tell them why, is really important there as well. Because often these flavor of the month things have really high-minded whys, right? Total quality management, we're going to reform the way the business works and do everything right first time. When they introduced that, like nobody believed it because everybody knows nothing happens right first time, right? Whereas if you introduce something with a really concrete why that's about the direct, then they're much more likely to believe that it's going to stay. Yeah, generally people don't get excited about the how. Of course, we have to tell them the how. But what they get excited about is the why, right? The more aspirational aspects of the effort. So give them a reason to get excited. Energy, enthusiasm, passion, whatever you call it, often makes a difference with new initiatives. Yeah, I'm not just doing this because corporate told me to. That's right. And there's going to be weeks where you stumble, where you schedule meetings and they don't happen or you schedule meetings and your boss just says, nope, that's I need you and you can't talk to your director this week. And if you've talked about how one-on-ones work, they're going to be scheduled. They're going to be 30 minutes. They're going to be every week. It's just me and you, all the all of the things around one-on-ones. If you start there and then it doesn't happen one week, then the director is going to stop believing in the one-on-ones. Whereas if you start with the why then it can still continue even if you don't have a one-on-one. So if you say, we're having these meetings because I want to build a trusting relationship with you, if you miss one week, you haven't broken that trust. You're just saying, hey, I just can't do this this week. Whereas if you started with, it's going to be 30 minutes every single week, and then you break that, it feels like you're breaking the principle of what you're doing. And the principle of one-on-ones is not, the how and the why. It's not the how and the what. I'm sorry. It's not that it's 30 minutes, that it's once a week. It's that it's about building a relationship. So if you base it on that, then it's easier when you miss a week to say, hey, that's not about our relationship. That's just about the circumstances of this week. That's right. Your folks need to understand the first principle of one-on-ones is the why of trusting relationships. It's about trusting relationships. Now, folks, no, not everyone's going to love that idea but there's no single why that everyone's going to love. But if you diligently do O3s, when you get off track, they'll know what the purpose is and they'll better be able to adjust the circumstances while still keeping their eye on your mutual goal of trusting relationships. If you start with, I'm going to start the meeting with each of you weekly, the first question in everybody's mind is, why weekly? 
or why and then you're and then you're defending the frequency right so you say it's weekly because that's how people's minds work because that's how frequently we need to meet in order to develop a relationship all that kind of stuff and instead of i'm going to meet with you enough that we develop a relationship then you don't have to defend weekly because people will intuitively feel like i can't develop a relationship with you if we only week meet once a month for example I've heard a lot of analogies about shooting arrows at a target in a dark barn. I don't know why that has um, special significance for people who come up with these kind of analogies, but apparently there's something about dark barns and management consultants. But the way it was explained to me one time was, and I think it made sense, is let's say somebody's giving you uh, lessons on how to shoot an arrow, and they gave you all sorts of questions about how to pull the pull the bow back. Now, folks, this is not going to make sense because I don't know how to shoot a bow and arrow. <laughs> but if they, they told you how to draw and the right tension to have in the string, I'm making this all up, folks, how to position your, your fingers, how to do all this stuff, and they never, ever <laughs> said our objective is to get this wooden arrow with this sharp point in the center circle on the target that's 10 yards away. Like that would be kind of strange, right? All the instructions about the how and what to do, but it better be pretty clear that the purpose is to put the arrow in the target. So one way to think about the why, um, and it's a little bit more high flute and sound, and so you probably want to do it. I mean, I would, because it just sounds better than, let me tell you the why. Think of it as a mission statement for one-on-ones or a purpose statement. If you have any military background, you're providing the commander's intent. By the way, there's a cast for that. So when things go a bit awry, everyone will understand what to do to get them back on track because they know the why. Typical manager tools fashion. Here's how it might sound. I want to build more trusting relationships with each of you. I feel like we communicate a lot, but I think we're missing out on something. I think we could communicate more frequently, and I think we could communicate better. Everything I know about that great feelings folks have when they've been on a winning team, and folks, you all know we've all been on winning teams, it's a great feeling. And it's about trust. I trust you, you trust me. That's what creates great teams. And the only way I know to build trust is by communicating more frequently about things that are important to us. And by us, folks, I, I mean mostly you. That's because when we talk, my agenda is usually what gets covered. I'm the boss, but your agenda doesn't frequently. And I think that if we sit down regularly, if you truly know that we're going to have regular meetings where your agenda and your issues will get covered, we'll be more effective and efficient working together. Now, folks, if this feels a little soft, we would suggest you spent so long in tactical and the what and the how and when of organizations that Lord knows that Mark and me and Wendy, we've all, we've been doing this, <laughs> that you've forgotten that it's all about people and more communication is better. Now, also, keep in mind that each of these three areas are only one paragraph because after we talk of why and what and how, you're still going to use the slides from our website to give them the nitty-gritty details. Okay, next step. Now we're going to tell them the what. Now that you explain the purpose of what you're doing, it's okay to get into what you're going to propose here. This is where we move from the why, the purpose, to what we're actually going to do. And here's what it might sound like. To work on our trust, I'm going to meet with each of you privately every week for a half an hour. Non-negotiable. And we're going to call them one-on-ones. They have a long and successful past in organizations like ours. And frankly, I think they'll work for us. I'll do them with everyone. 
We'll schedule them at the same time every week. And if it gets stepped on, rather than canceling, we'll reschedule the moment there's a conflict. So you'll know we're going to do them every week. The agenda will be the same every week in that you get to go first and then I go second. At the same time, what we'll talk about every week is going to be different. And you won't need to alert me to the topics you bring each week. I don't need your list of topics beforehand. You're going to be going first because you need to know that every week you have time to address with me things that you think need addressing. One-on-ones are about you. Simple. Okay? The next step is tell them how. After we've told them the, the what, we're going to walk them through all the details of getting started and the details of how. And it might sound a little like this. You've already gotten my email with the basic explanation of one-on-ones and a chance for you to pick a scheduled time. There are six of you, and you saw that I already chose nine times that will work for me. Part of the way I did that was I looked at my calendar a month from now. Thanks to most of you for responding. In the next few minutes, I'll walk you through some more details of how one-on-ones are going to work for us. Folks, I might add in here also that if, um, obviously, if there are steps involved, if you want to do anything well, there's a process. Mark and I have worked this for years. We've done this thousands, tens of thousands of times. We know what the process looks like and how it works. So. I'll just mention it here. In October, this is, uh, we're recording this in September of 2017. In October of this year, we're rolling out uh, Roadmap, uh, which will be a addition to our mobile app for licensees that will walk you through every single step in rolling out one-on-ones. Also feedback, and then in the future, coaching and delegation as well. But if, if you wanna know all the steps in, in excruciating detail and be able to track it, Track what you're doing when you're doing it. Track performance, whether you're performing these things. Roadmap, you'll find very, very uh, exciting. So next step. I think um, most people can imagine that during the meeting, they're going to get some questions. What do you think? Amazingly, because people are all the same in some respects, the frequently asked questions are frequently asked. It's just like at our conferences, if you've been to a few, you can predict exactly when somebody is going to ask the same question because everybody has the same questions about something new. You know, they all have questions that, that kind of fall in the same same bucket at the same time. It's amazing to me at conferences, somebody will, at the end, they'll raise their hand and they'll say, I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever had this question before. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> well, yeah, chances are. And then they ask a question that, you know, people ask every single conference, right? So we're all not that different. Our, our experiences generally translate pretty well between people and organizations. So what, what, do you, what, what do you think the questions are that are most frequent? Okay, first question. Are these really mandatory? Do I actually have to come to them every single week, even if I don't have anything to say to you, boss? Yeah, and the answer is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are. Not negotiable, nobody gets out of them. I'm going to do them with everyone. Look, it's, it's silly to think that we don't have time. You all work 50 hours a week, and a half an hour is only 1% of your time. We all waste more than 1% of our time. So the idea that there's not enough time is crazy. Here's one way to think about it. I would never dream of turning my boss down if she asked for 1% of my time to connect with me. And if I can't dream of doing it to my boss, then I feel it's probably a reasonable request, and I shouldn't have to wrestle with you to accept it. And folks, that's the managed tools middleman test. Now, I suppose you could stonewall me and not communicate. I mean, you could come to the meeting and not say anything. And after two minutes, I, I you don't have anything? Really? You sure? Okay. 
then I'll have 30 minutes worth of stuff to talk to you about. I can't imagine in our relationship that we don't have 30 minutes worth of conversation in a particular week. So think about that. This is a business meeting about how we can develop more trust. What meeting do you attend where you refuse to communicate? I don't have any like that. I suspect you don't either. But what if I don't want to do them? I'm fine with our relationship. Sorry, but non-negotiable. They're also for me. They're for, they're for you, but they're for me as well. And I'm not fine with the relationship. It's okay, but I want to have a great organization. I want to have a great relationship with you. Not an okay relationship, not a fine relationship. I want to have a great relationship. And that's because trust and communication make a huge difference in performance. And that's what we're here about. So... I respect the fact that you're fine with our relationship, but I want it to be better. So what are we going to talk about then? Well, I don't know completely because during your portion, we're going to talk about whatever you want. You can talk about work, about development, your career, questions about our work, the company, strategy. You can share some ideas you might have. You can disagree with plans that we have. You can disagree with me. You can suggest changes and improvements. You can brief me on your status, on your projects. You can talk about your hobbies, or you can talk about your family, whatever you want. And if you have something sensitive you want to share, then you're going to have that chance every single week. You're never going to have to wonder whether you have time to talk about something that's important to you. Now, during my portion, it's the same. I'm going to talk about whatever I want, work I'm working on. I might ask you about some strategy stuff I'm thinking about. I might ask you about some ideas I've had might ask you about changes, improvements I'm considering. I might share with you the status of what I'm working on. I might have questions about your status, your issues, your work. I'll probably mention stuff about my family if I think it's helpful, graduations, birthdays, etc. Yeah, the kind of usual kind of stuff people talk about. I can tell you, one-on-ones are a well-known, well-practiced tool in tens of thousands of organizations. And about 80% of the time, they end up being about work. I mean, that's normal if you think about it. Our relationship is based in work. So it's it's very likely that we'll talk about work a lot. On the other hand, we can talk about anything we want to talk about for 30 minutes. I'm willing to do that for 30 minutes with each of my directs every single week. Because the depth of relationship is, do you get to talk to me about things that matter to you? And if this week, the thing that matters to you is a struggle that your spouse is going through or that your kids are going through, if that's the thing that's on your mind this week, I want to know about it because there might be a chance that I can do something to help you. Do you think we can really have these each week? Like, I've got some stuff to say to you this week, but, you know, I'll have run out by next week. It gets busy here too, and I don't know that I've always got 30 minutes to talk to you. Well, you're right. It gets pretty busy here. But you have my word. I'm going to work really hard to not have them canceled. And if my boss steps on your one-on-one with me, you and I will will immediately reschedule. As soon as I get notification from my boss that, hey, I can't be in this meeting, I'll give you a call and we'll schedule for later on. And for, you know, half an hour, it's not that hard to rearrange. If we're both committed to it, we'll make this happen. You just said stuff about home and personal and kids and stuff. I'm a private person. I don't really want to talk about that stuff with you. That's fine. No, you don't. Like I said, you get to talk about what's important to you. And if you don't want to discuss your family with me, You don't ever have to, never, if you don't want to. Like I said, most of we're going to talk about work and and like, I'm not going to pry into your personal life. Now, if I think something at home is affecting your work performance, then I'm going to ask. It's happened to me before, but it's up to you how much you share. I can tell you, 
I've had some tough times. I've bailed people out of jail. I've dealt with uh, six kids in my life. I'll probably be sympathetic. I've, I've been through some of this. But again, it's always your call. I wish we could take you into everybody's one-on-one meeting with them to answer their questions. <laughs> I bet all the managers are listening going, I wonder how much I have to pay Mike to come and answer the questions because he does them so well. You're too kind. You're too kind. Well, folks, I hope it comes across, and I'm afraid it probably doesn't. One-on-ones have been one of the most significant managerial changes I've ever made, and it is amazing the results that come from that. And the things folks have, have shared with me, I don't want to take a whole lot of time, but I'll tell you, I I had a direct, absolutely wonderful direct, whose performance had dipped a little bit. And this was before starting one-on-ones. I, had, I didn't do one-on-ones, right? And then I started one-on-ones. And with, within, I don't know, it's less than 30 days, maybe two or three weeks in the one-on-one this person finally shared with me that the reason that their performance had fallen off over the last six months is that they were going through a divorce. And I'll tell you, Wendy, I thought I was really tight with this direct. I mean, I really did. I thought we were were tight and we shared everything. And turned out, not only was the person going through a divorce, this thing had been going on for over a year. And it was one of the nastiest divorces I had ever seen. It was... It was crazy the stuff this person was going through. And this person I was tight with had been going through this nasty divorce for a year and I didn't know about it. Now, folks, that doesn't say much about me. It really doesn't. But I do I do care. Um, I'm more about work. I'm more about getting things done. But I do care. And after I implemented one-on-ones, it just opened up a whole new avenue to understanding my directs. And this particular person we figured out a way that we could, you know, free up time for her to do what she needed to do. And our relations got stronger, as you might expect. Um, and I felt better of myself as manager. I tell you, when I found out what was going on, I felt like a total idiot. So don't make the mistake I made or make the mistake that tens of thousands of managers have made. Relationships matter. If you want to have an effective organization, you have to have great relationships with your folks. And great relationships are not seeing the person at the water fountain once or twice a week and saying, hey, how's it going? Oh, great boss. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, good relationship there, folks. You got to get a little deeper. You have to give them at least the opportunity to get a little deeper as to what's going on with their work. I, I could go on with story after story after story, finding out about what my directs were thinking, what they wanted. Managers who I felt they wanted to move this way in the organization. Turns out that's not what they wanted to do. Matter of fact, found out they didn't want to be a manager. And all they were worried about was, well, if I'm not a manager, I can't make enough money, blah, blah, blah. Well, there were tons of opportunities to, to, they're they're also worried about, frankly, about losing some respect within the organization. And we found a way to move this person from management to some other individual contributor role where that was very valued in the organization. I would have never known if it weren't for one-on-ones. Anyway, I could go on and on. Folks, if you don't get the idea that I am sold on one-on-ones, um, then I really am an idiot because I'm, I'm yeah. I hope you can hear that. As a direct, doing one-on-ones now, I know the things that I've told Mark that I have never told another manager because there hasn't been the opportunity. There hasn't been like, you know, if they ring and they if they call and they ask about something, a status on something, there's no opportunity in that call to say, by the way, I'm really sick and I need help. Or 
I'm really stressed and I need help or whatever. It's just like, what is the status? Okay, thanks, bye. You know? And the one-on-one gives you that space to be able to talk about things that you don't otherwise get to talk about. Yeah, it's amazing. So, folks, in summary, I could go on and on, and I won't. If something is worth changing about your managerial behaviors, and one-on-ones is one of them, I think I've got that across, it's worth taking the time to brief everyone on the change first. You don't need a special meeting. Matter of fact, we recommend you don't do a special meeting, but you do need to show that you're prepared. Know your whys and what's and how's and be able and willing to answer questions. A smooth, prepared start will make the sea of change less stormy. All right. Thanks, Wendy. Appreciate you uh, you joining me. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. Thank you.